Hey there, folks. It's the Everybody Counts podcast. We're back. And it's time to talk about Bosch Season 6, Episode 3. I'm Tracy. And I'm Jake. And I'm Pete. What up? And we're ready to talk. This episode is titled Three Widows. And it was written by Shaz Bennett. Decorated. Decorated. <laughs> directed. Maybe decorated. I don't know. Right. By Patrick Katie. And just a little teaser. We actually were able to speak with those two recently. And we're going to have a special standalone podcast to let you hear all the details that they had to share about both writing and directing episode three. So in addition to this podcast and a super cool interview with a cast member, we have that super cool interview to share with you um, not too far away as well. So who, who did we decide, guys, to, um, to which interview are we going to add to the podcast tonight? What do we think of some, one of the characters? Somebody. What's his only, name again? Only uh, one real choice, and people like to make up names based on their, this name, so it's that, it's that good. Hmm. Oh, hmm, hmm. oh, oh, Titus, Titus Welliver, Harry Bosch. Oh, yeah, I heard of that guy. I heard yeah, of him. Yeah, he has a he, his character has a dog, Coltrane. Yeah, best damn dog ever. Ever, Titus. Yes, we're really excited. We were able to speak yeah. with Titus, and uh, so we have an interview at the end of the podcast. So listen through and definitely stay tuned for that portion. Be a lot of fun. So let's kick it off with our case review. A lot happens. A lot of wheels in motion. Uh, a lot of new findings in episode three. But we do pick pick up where Craver was found dead at the end of the last episode. We, we learned he has been dead for about 36 hours. So there's a little bit of back and forth about, well, could Travis have gotten there and back and done it? Would there have been a motive for that? Did they find out he's a snitch? You know, the back and forth. Bosch is like, mm, that's kind of far away. You know, Maxwell's like, well, you know, he looked pretty nervous, you know, when he, when he showed up back at the house. So maybe, you know, so they're talking about that. Reese comes out and lets them know that Heather now has a lawyer. They decide that they're going to put a tracker on Heather's car and follow her and see what she does. They can't, you know, talk to Waylon at this point. Of course, Travis is gone. So they're going to see what they can get out of Heather. Because she is no good. No good. No good. Mm -mm. Who wants to talk about how she signs her paperwork with Reese? That was interesting. It's like one of those things you do when you're like 12 with your buddy on the playground or some crazy thing. (laughs) Mackerel. I mean, they have to let her go or either charge her, so they're going to try to follow her instead. So they let her go. She signs her paperwork, and she does her name in manuscript. But, you know, Reese is like, we, we need a real signature for this. And she pulls out, what, like a safety pin? Pricks yeah, her finger. some kind of pin, yeah. Yeah, Oof. gives them a bloody that fingerprint. So, Both by blood. Yeah, crazy. But it certainly is official, I would say. I, mean, I was going to say, that's the most legit signature <laughs> I've seen on a TV show in a long time. So It's pretty yeah. legit. So. <laughs> so she goes on her way, and Bosch and Edgar are in his car. And, and while they've been outside waiting, Bosch has been asking Edgar about this little device he has. You know, he's always got top-of-the-line clothes, mm-hmm. top-of-the-line gadgets. Of course, he has another gadget. And tell us about that, Pete. Well, it looks like the um, car garage door battery thing that Proxy <laughs> Snyder had in Colony, but... <laughs> it does, it, yeah. It's, um, wh- what is that thing called? Caesarean? PPD? Wait, wait, no, but what's the um, the chemical called? Cesium. Cesium, oh, cesium, cesium yes. Yeah. Okay, so it's like, it's like um, I guess it's a radiation detector or radioactive material so. detector of all kinds. I, I don't think, think it's so. just for cesium. I think it's for like yeah. right. multiple things because... It yeah. would be stupid to have one just for that specific <laughs> chemical, but and it seems like if they if they if they find it, they have it. They, they won't just stumble into it and be unaware that they are exposed by it because this thing's gonna go off. Hopefully, the battery's charged. It goes, Hopefully, and yeah. It's gonna, so it's gonna to get like, some get kind of warning. Yeah, get back. You know, move. Because mm-hmm. he wasn't satisfied with the plastic rings. No, that was not good enough for him. So he has the personal protect- protection device. And Harry has a J. Edgar because he's yeah, just going to follow J. Edgar, <laughs> which I mean, just... we'd all, all be in pretty good shape if we had a J. Edgar. So, right. I mean, it's not a bad choice. So they head on their way. Reese jumps into, uh, I think, a minivan with uh, Maxwell and they're following Heather. They get her surrounded pretty much front and back because she ends up at that tavern, Casey's Tavern. And she sees the SUV pull up and it looks like at Charlie Dax, her brother-in-law. They exchange a few words. He pulls around the back. So I think Harry and J. Edgar are in the back of the building. Reese and Maxwell are up front. Heather gets out, goes through the tavern, through the building, out the back, talks to Charlie again, and he hands her a gun. And we get a little snippet of their conversation, and they're still hardcore about we've got to move with this mission, and, you know, Travis was a hero, and she, he gives her this gun. And uh, Edgar spies the gun. So they're like, okay, now she's armed. 
gotten a gun from him. They follow Charlie. He leaves um, in his SUV and they follow him to a landscaping company. He pulls up, pops out of the van, puts on the red vest, which is like, you know, a lot of those landscaping, you know, gardening places, Mm -hmm. they kind of rock the vests, the workers. So he's got the red vest and checks out a cart, starts motoring down this path. And so they're watching him. But Harry checks in with Maxwell. They talk. And she says that they'll be sending backup will be there in 10 minutes. Okay. That's, you know, that's pretty quick. Harry starts pulling up closer, following Charlie. And and Edgar's like, hey, you know, what about the backup? And he says, oh, they didn't say where they were going to send the backup. So he's just going to move along and follow right behind him. So Harry's Harry's, uh, interesting with that, his sort of his logic sometimes when he wants to get something done. So they're following along behind him. Pete, you want to pick up there? Oh, when he goes in, doesn't he go into like a big storage container and take some fertilizer? Yeah. He's playing with fertilizer. Yeah, like a- and we all know what fertilizer can be used for besides planting seeds and yeah. growing flowers. Yeah, he's and- got the respirator on. Yeah, he's packing them up on that cart. And they waste no time. They go right up and press him instantly. And yeah. he's just like, whoop, see you later. Uh-huh. He makes they- a run for it. And they chase him, and they chase him good. They know how to do this pretty good. I mean, they look like they were a lot more um, seasoned than Charlie was when it came to this chase. He didn't get very far. And then the backup showed up at the right time. So it's like, perfect ran for nothing now. You just pissed them off. Yeah. Yeah. So they catch him. Of course, he said it's completely illegitimate, you know, them trying to arrest him. But Harry pulls him aside and tries to talk to him, you know, just kind of freely, he says. And, you know, he's like, why did you run? And he, you know, he quotes Travis, you know, they killed him. He's like, what about the gun? You know, why'd you give your sister-in-law a gun? And then Maxwell comes around saying, oh, he's a gun dealer, saying these things that, you know, make him sound like he's okay. But then he pops him on a few different things for an illegal gun transfer and, you know, for trying to run from them, basically. And they take, the FBI takes him off. I guess there's a, I don't know all the organizations, but organization COINTEL takes him. I don't know if that's part of the FBI. Don't claim to be an expert of all their parts and pieces, but that word was mentioned. So he's taken away. And then we see a scene with Maddie and Honey Chandler. And she does go ahead and tell her what she found. And Chandler is appreciative of the information. She does inquire why she didn't tell Miller first, you know, go up yeah. the chain. And she's like, I did. And she had that big smile on her face, you know, walking away. I was going to be really mad if she covered for that dude. Yeah. I was going to be really, really mad because, you know, you're an intern or whatever. You got to play it cool about some stuff. But Uh man, she better not be like, oh, I guess I should talk to him. Yeah. And that would have been you're right. That would have been so easy to do when you're the, you know, the new person and the intern. You're right. You just you know, you don't want to ruffle too many feathers, even though he was being a jerk. So but, you know, that's the boss in her. I, I was proud of that. Did you guys see Chandler's face? She looked impressed. Yeah. That was a big mm-hmm. moment for Maddie. And you know what? Good thing that that clown didn't take her <laughs> advice because he would have went to Chandler with the same thing and she would have been impressed by him. Right. So he ended That's up right. by being a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. He would have probably taken credit for it. I didn't even think about that. He, he said he didn't have time for it, basically. But yeah, if he, if he did take the time, he probably would have taken the credit. So yeah, good for her. The chief sits down and talks to Laura Cook. Uh, they talk about the story that Scott Anderson, we learned you know, was on a story about seeing the feds at the mm-hmm. murder scene and then just tying them to the shootout at the Strout house. And, you know, they're trying to keep that on the down low for sure. So he offers her a full follow-up on the Marcos and Arias story. I mean, it's, you know, they're dead. You can't hide that news. And he even encourages her, I think, to begin writing about it and sort of ask for the public's help. Do you have any information? Because no one's talking. So she can get that ball rolling and then eventually he'll give her the full follow-up. And she also makes talking to um, internal affairs part of that agreement. So smooth moves by the chief there. Got to do what you got to do. I like it. Another thing, the chief is in that meeting with the sheriff's department and all the different groups with a sort of an update on that case with the uh, the cesium and the sovereigns. And it was very telling that those pins that were marked, the places marked in the Strout House on their map, they had them overlaid with corresponding federal buildings and tourist attractions. They were all, you know, tightly close together. So that was very unnerving and upsetting. So 
not looking good there. The mayor was pretty stressed out about that. Let's see. We see Heather go to a friend's house. You know, they're still following her. At this point, Reese and Harry are in the car following her. And at night, she shows up at a friend's house and goes in. And we don't get a lot there, but she gets on the computer. And like, is she going to a video game? I'm not a big gamer, so... Or was she just going to a message board? Like I don't maybe. know what. She, I, th- I feel like it was a message board, but I need to see okay. that scene again. Again. Okay. No, it, what it appeared to me personally is like she logged into a game, and I guess the people she works with or works for log into the same game so they can really cover themselves. They never talk like serious about it, but when you go into these games and you're in a certain clan or guild, you can have like a clan chat or a guild chat. So she could be in a group with a, a clan of those people. And, you know, okay. we know they're all over the place and they're discussing like, hey, you know, this is how you explain things over the over the cover. It's actually really smart. And I'm sure um, in, in our real life, some scary real life shit, I'm sure that there's a lot of things similar to this going on. And like yeah. I said, this show is, is so realistic. Sometimes it scares the out of me. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, she sends a message. Uh, I think it says raid on Sanctum needs support. Yes. So it sounds pretty heavy, you know, pretty heavy message there. Then I guess it's the next day probably. Bosch and Edgar are at the police station and Phillips comes in and she tells him about a body that's been found at uh, I think Wilcox and Franklin. That'd be a good trivia question. I think that's where it was. <laughs> and so they go out to check out this body and a couple of the beat cops are there. You know, they found the body. The detectives arrived to look at it and he is just burned there's blisters bad shape not good not good and so you know that reeks of you know in your mind of radiation harry borrows jerry's pen he looks under his shirt it's just really really bad and you know of course they put that little clip in there where edgar does not want the pen back when when yeah. harry offers it to him um, i can understand that i can understand that they find out through his paperwork on the body that it's Alberto Gonzalez. He's an immigrant from El Salvador. And they also find a recycling receipt. I guess that's what he does regularly, you know, to make some money, goes to the recycling center, you know, kind of uh, scavenges for things. And so they go to that recycling place, Hollywood Recycling, and the the manager there or whatever said, you know, she's missed him the last, you know, day or so and has wondered about him. And so they asked, do you know anything more about him? Like, where does he live? And she gives them some information about he lives out of an old broken down Volkswagen van, which by the way, I've always wanted one of. People ask about their dream car. I actually want a Volkswagen van, like a, a, a vintage one. Yeah. Not even necessarily to drive. I could make okay. like a, a she shed in there. I don't know if you're familiar with that term. Yeah, but, unfortunately uh, I am. What a goal. What goal do you have? <laughs> you got man caves. You know, I mean, you know, you can have woman caves, but I, I want a she shed inside oh, of a too funny. Volkswagen van. So anyway, an, another enough. conversation. Yeah. But they head up into the hills by the reservoir and they actually do find it. So who wants to talk about what they encounter? Why don't you go with that, Jay? (laughs) There is some beeping involved. (laughs) Man, what what a not good situation. Fantastic detective work in finding the location of this, uh vehicle i think what did they what they saw what a, a dead rodent yeah right? yeah when they pull the door open there's a rat on its back dead oh, fried man. yep and that's and, no good and they open uh some kind of case or tackle box mm-hmm. toolbox or something and God, the, the stuff is just out there open in like pellet form or what i don't know the technical term for it but the little yeah. pellets of yeah. stuff like and uh of course they do start beeping and you just what else can you do but run for your damn life yeah that is well they didn't even loaded. go quite far enough yeah. you but know they right. didn't even run yeah, yeah. It's like, like yeah. Jay slowly like swaggered back like come on back Harry. Harry's like yo I ain't leaving I'm figuring this out right now and he's like yo Harry come on Harry stop being stubborn gotta go even further yeah yeah I, I would have been I'm not fast but I would have been faster yeah I would have been that. like yo sorry Harry get back I'm right. out yeah. <laughs> I'm at the car already yeah but we did notice the pig, the, yeah. the carrying thing, laying um, yeah. outside the van. You know? So it all it all adds up. So well, no, it doesn't add up because why is that there? Well, what about the killer that's supposedly killed? This is supposed no, to be no. I mean, yeah, I know. I mean, it adds up I mean. that the, oh, that probably lets you know that that it probably is the cesium. I mean, we saw those little pellet things in the beginning, but if you want, if you weren't quite sure, 
what they looked like if you didn't remember but that then you get is so telling. confused because you're like well yeah he's there then who then they, yeah what's going on now no. right it raises a lot of other questions why would it be there of all places you know what what happened here so yeah it opens up a lot of questions and a lot of doubts about the past that they've been going down with yeah. trying to solve the kent murder yeah, it's crazy so, but before they can really you know pursue that further reese and the feds show up and she's like you guys need to go to the hospital and get checked out and they do harry's fine you know we saw him in the trailer in that hospital gown behind that you know isolation window but he's fine so we're relieved you know but, uh, I, I want to talk about that for a second go ahead because yeah i was actually i was kind of mad and upset <laughs> at the um, writers at this point because the trailer shows him in like three different gunfights and then shows him in the hospital in quarantine and you're just like oh no did he get shot did something bad happen it's like oh no he just you know stumbled across some some czm <laughs> and um you know just had you know just some typical random you know protocol quarantine he's ready to go yeah no, no I, get that. I was like thank god that he wasn't in danger but don't do right. That. You wanted more to the story from it, but you're glad he's okay. No, I, yes. I, I get that. Well, and of course, Maddie's glad he's okay, too. She arrives, and once she knows he's okay, she gives him a big hug. And who remembers the joke about J. Edgar's clothes? Do you remember that, oh, Jay? Oh, wasn't it something? Oh, my gosh. They had to take his clothes. You know, Harry was in the gown, so his clothes <laughs> were gone, too. It and Harry some... had, I mean, Jerry had like a $400 suit. Or something. Yeah, something. Like $200 yeah, something shoes. they mentioned or something. Yeah. Yeah, his shoes, his and everything he had to, you know, throw out. So um, that's definitely a bummer for a clothes horse like Jerry. Now he's gotta so. get that money back though, right? From from somewhere, right? He's insured for that clothes that he's losing. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how that works. But he does have another thing going for him, Jerry does, because he talks to Charlie Hoven from last year. And, you know, he's been following Jamaican drug dealers. He's back undercover, going by the name Felix Mariama, Mariama, I think. And he has a CI, a confidential informant, and Jerry wants to meet with them. And then they do meet in a little restaurant that evening. And I think they comment on Jerry, too, that he's look, kind of looking rough. And he's like, I haven't slept in a couple of days. But what's very interesting there is the CI is Winston, who is the one who shot mm. Arius, right? Yes. Mm. I noticed so, him right away. Yeah. So that, yeah. But he starts asking them a lot of questions. You know, do you, he showed him a picture of Gary. Have you seen this guy? And he's like, no. And um, he asked about Jacques Avril. Do you work for him? No, I work for myself. I just, you know, he launders money through him. Um, but he's his own boss and he mentions that he owns a nightclub and he owns a convenience store. So, you know, starting to add up with, with things that we've seen, but he basically kind of downplays his relationship with, with Jacques Avril. Um, and he says that Marcos and Arios, as far as they're concerned, he's, he kind of says that he's only known them like socially at that club or something. So it's not all adding up of course to us, but Hoven says he wants to, he thinks it's time that he meets Avril. So that kind of sets another uh, thing in motion there that he wants to go and meet with him. So that's going to move that story along a little bit. Okay, so we've got a couple other notes of things to talk about. Harry is digging into the phone records that they have from Stanley Kent, like from, from looking at his phone. He has a lot of phone numbers from patients, his patient list, and there's a lot of phone numbers from his colleagues at the hospital and the oncology department. And he's going through numbers, going through phone calls, and everything's like matching up to one list or another. But then he comes upon one that doesn't match either list and he you know does the google thing <clears throat> and finds out it's the name of a private investigator so that's interesting here comes a twist yeah here comes a twist what's stan doing with a private investigator what you know why is he talking to one of those and your mind just goes all different places mm -hmm. so he makes a call to that guy langworthy is his last name i think and he meets with him chats with him and he said yeah that his his client stanley kent suspected his wife of having an affair and he got a lot of photos did some following up but he could not confirm for sure that she was having an affair so being the honest guy that he is which is great you know he didn't keep taking Stanley's money because he couldn't carry it any further, but there was definitely super strong suspicion. Cooper, Captain Cooper, he's still being annoying. He was in that big powwow between the feds and the sheriff's department, and the LAPD at the beginning of the episode, and he's just 
you know, Grace is trying to listen to the updates, all the important information, and he's just nagging her and whispering to her, where are your detectives? She's like, they're on a case. He's like, well, I thought that case was solved. She's like, there's another dead body. And you know, in her face, she's just like, shut up. I'm trying to listen, you know? So, And we also know from watching the show and watching TV shows in general that the only Mm -hmm. reason why they're showing you Captain Cooper is because he's about to be part of some minor storyline and we're going to hate him because we already hate him. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, he's, this keeps coming up for a reason, but he's just always nipping at her heels and nagging her. We get confirmation that Jerry and Joan are seeing each other. Okay. And there are a couple of rules. Harry has a rule about dating cops, and ha- and Mank also has a rule about dating cops. <laughs> I, l- I was going to bring up Mink's rule, so I think we should talk about that right now. Okay, go ahead. Mink's rule of dating cops is you only date cops because they're the only other people who are going to put up with this shit. Right, right. And Harry's rule is just the opposite. Never date cops. But Harry doesn't follow his own rule. That's what J. So, Edgar says. Like you broke, yeah. what you broke many times. <laughs> yeah. So if I'm going to go with a rule, yeah. Yeah. Very, very interesting. We also see a character, another character from last season, Mama Roo, who owns, I guess, the pawn shop that's mm. in Jerry's old neighborhood. And he had gone in there asking her if she knew anything about the Jacques Avril guy. And she didn't seem to really you know, tell him anything. But now... She has sent him a letter to his office at the station um, with an article about Avril and a picture of his uncle who was murdered. And she puts a notation in there about Avril. I think it's a pas bon, which means not good, I guess, in Creole. So he meets with her. You're up on your Creole. Look at you. (laughs) So they meet and he gets, you know, some more information. And and she uses an interesting phrase, which I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, it's a a Creole saying because the front door becomes the back of the house. And, you know, this this article about how Avril is this businessman who's come up through the ranks and done all this stuff, you know, in the South Bay. But, but you know, she's saying, no, there's not, it's not all good. So that's, that's a, an interesting conversation as well. So what did I miss? What did we miss, guys? Anything? Um... I'll, every time you ask me that question, I want to find something big that you missed just so I can feel like I'm cool. But it's conceivable. I don't know. You just do so well with the the recapping everything. You're a pro, so I'm going to say no. Fault. You did not miss anything, even though you probably did. Probably and, did. Yes. And no, you're you're. The good awesome. news is oh, you're being very kind, but the good news is it'll come up in our other segments probably. <laughs> right. Right. One way or another, we're going to yeah. figure it out. Right. So let's um let's move on into our interrogation room. We've asked each other a couple questions, but what is your official question for us tonight, Pete? All right, I'm gonna go first because I have a good one. Now, mine isn't necessarily about the show per se, but if you listen to this podcast before, you will understand my question. Mm-hmm. The question first will be for Tracy, and then Jay will have the same question after. Okay. So during the episode, Angel City Landscape had a phone number on it, eight one eight something 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 Jay. Or, Tracy, do you think Jay called that number? <laughs> not this time. It's something he would do, but I'm going to say not this time. Hold on a second. It was 818-137-3874. I'm going to call it while I'm on the phone. It doesn't go through. It doesn't go through. And that was Jay's history of phone numbers in this. Yeah, he's, so he's been suspicious. Yeah. 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 He's, he's checked them out before. Okay. So I Sorry. guess I was right. He hadn't called it yet. <laughs> yes, but yeah, yeah, you were a hundred percent right. Does it get more right than that, Tracy? <laughs> yeah, uh, got to it just man. in time. Yeah. All right. That's. I mean, that's a valid question. Anything else for us, or that's the one? Um. Well, I can bring up a little side note that I wanted to talk about real quick. When we were just discussing how they were having that communications through the game, um, uh-huh. I was able to find the scene and freeze frame it. And it says clan members, and there's five of them in there, and they're just oh. discussing it. So there's a clan. Look a, at you. Look yeah, at oh, you. Which, which scene is that? It's the scene when she's typing in that there's a raid on Sanctum. Oh, on the computer. Okay. Yeah, you can okay. pause it at 20 minutes exactly on the episode, mm-hmm. and you can read that conversation. And I'm not going to tell you what it says because I always have to go back and read it because it's hilarious. <laughs> and one of the guy's names is Sovereign Citizen, but spelt with an S instead of a Z, 308. So, yeah. Oh. Not, not so okay. incognito, I guess. Yeah. That's very specific. Yes. Good Lord. Okay. <laughs> I, did, I did not notice all of that. I didn't I didn't freeze frame there. Although, I have been known to freeze frame. And there's, yeah, I've done parts of the other You season. guys are going to wish you have done a lot of freeze framing when trivia comes in a minute. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Lord. Well, Here my we question go. for you yep. guys 
mm-hmm. we just talked about with Mama Roo, you know, when the season yeah. opened, it said 11 months later or that, you know, and why is Mama Roo coming around with this information now? Do you think there was any fear on her part about discussing it? Or do you think she really needed to do some research to be able to tell him information? I had that same reason? question. Oh, I had that man. same question. No, I mean, that's not what I was going <laughs> to oh, ask here. But okay. no, when watching the episode, I, had, yeah. I thought it was strange timing or mm-hmm. circumstances. So I wonder the same thing you do. So hopefully Pete has question? an answer to that one. I do. I do you know, not. I have an answer to everything. <laughs> okay. So this yeah. is, I thought about the same thing and I said, I know the answer. When we know that the last 11 months, odds are that he's been investigating Marcos and Arias and he's been on right. a, a reel. So mm-hmm. I believe that he's been still communicating with her all throughout the 11 months, discussing stuff and keeping her as kind of an, you know, a, an informant, but not so um, official informant. Yeah. And not, not like she's ratting on stuff, but like he's keeping her in the loop and he's talking to her about these things and he's getting general information that's like legal and public. Mm-hmm. No stuff he didn't know. So I think that- his correspondence with her has been current over the last 11 months which led to this that is a very good answer and that because that's and that's the only other scenario i could think of is that it it looks like it was been 11 months for us but perhaps they have been right digging deeper and deeper talking together about this subject so i I like that pete let's go with that any other ideas jay or you were just in the dark like me no i i like that that's good because no i really did have the same wonder the same thing all right well what's your question for us you know my question is uh when you watch it, at least for me, when I watch a show and I'm, you know, a couple episodes in, I, I start to think about the the future episodes and what maybe I'd like to see happen or could happen or maybe even what I don't want to see happen. You know, mm-hmm. Bosch with, with 28 storylines per season, you're <laughs> never really sure what you're going to get. Right. So my question kind of goes with that because I'm trying to think future a little bit. Who's really the worst bad guy right now or worst problem is it is it Jacques Avril or or is it Heather because she's pretty unstable mm. I think so who's who really maybe here's a better question maybe who should have more focus from the police do you think like which one who's I don't that's know. a good question I mean what it comes down to me is what's the body count you know, and we look like, it looks like there's at least, you know, I mean, we've seen Marcus and Arias and we we're presuming that's tied to him. We know that, that Winston and Marvel were the, the shooters. So, you know, we've seen evidence of what Jacques Avril is capable of when something doesn't go in his favor. So that's definitely scary. And his duplicitousness in general, you know, with running drugs and money laundering, you know, probably through this charity, which, you know, is, is probably legitimate on some fronts, you know, but Heather, I don't feel like I know as much as what she's capable of because the feds told us that, you know, they said they're escalating. They haven't seen a lot from them. They're a small group, but there is growing concern. So if the FBI is seeing growing concern, that's, you know, now you're I'm just taking that's her concerning. aside because she's a woman. I know what yeah, you're right. doing here. Don't go there, Jay. Not oh, gosh. <laughs> that's just going to open up another can of worms. Uh, that's totally it. Yeah. Uh, Have you seen uh, me do my signature before? <laughs> Um, no, but I mean, they, there's, there's hints at, at that they have potential, but we haven't seen right. as no, much I'm with you. I evidence just, right up front. Anytime I see an unhinged character, like a yeah, real, yeah, it's scary. he's, yeah. he's a calm, cool, collect. Okay. He might be a bad dude and a scary yeah. dude, but he's calm. So, all right. So you might know, okay, if I take this guy off, he's just going to shoot me in the head where Heather like, uh, like, oh, yeah, it's, it's do. disconcerting for sure. So I, I, you know, I guess I'm going to. Okay, that's just fine. you know, it's an opinion question, so you know, yeah, no right I don't, I, I'm, it's I hard like to it. say. It's, yeah, it's a good question. I don't have a strong answer one way or the other right now. What about you, Pete? Well, it's been in my experience that anybody called the butcher of anywhere <laughs> is an immediate threat <laughs> and needs to be addressed immediately. <laughs> on top of that, this guy's so suave that yeah. God knows yeah. how many how many murders he's been direct, indirectly involved in over the course mm-hmm. of years and how much more he could if you don't stop him now. Yeah, that's a you, solid point. I got to tell you, Pete, I, like, dude, I love talking TV with you, but I love <laughs> it when you just bring out just the simplest fact to be like, hey, I know, it's like, me, duh. he's the butcher. <laughs> Obviously, this is what we need. <laughs> I find, brother. Crap out I of me. Brother. 
That's what I'm saying. That's a solid point. Um, you got. Yeah. No, that's good. You got that's me good. there. Well, did did Pete change your mind on your own question, Jay? <laughs> yeah, or did yeah you? I think so. I think he's convinced me. Yeah, I'm good. He's convinced. Me. Oh man. Oh man. That was really funny. Well, those are some interesting questions and even more interesting answers. Are we going to do persons of interest this podcast or no? I think we should. I'm just going to say it. Bosch is my guy. Just because he's Bosch and he's amazing or something in particular this episode? This episode, I'm telling you, he's figuring shit out. He's mm-hmm. figuring shit out. He's, he's on to shit. He's, he's, he already figured out that the, the cesium wasn't even involved with the Strouts. was his theory. And he's mm-hmm. looking at the numbers he found in the private investigator related to Kent. And he's just, he's just figuring everything out before anybody else is like on a regular basis. And we all know that with the way that it's revving up now, yeah. With the season coming up, it's Bosch time. The yeah. show's called Bosch. Harry Bosch, the main character, he's gonna get involved in trying to help Jay Agro somewhat with the Zavriel character. I feel he's he's mm-hmm. gonna he still has the um Clayton case. It's Bosch time, and my man Titus is about to deliver. <laughs> I'm just saying that's how it, that's how it rolls. I mean, you can't go wrong with that answer any episode. But I I get what you're saying. Things are revving up for sure. I'm gonna go with Alberto Gonzalez. That poor guy. That was, yeah, that poor guy. Exactly. You know, he's trying to make a living doing his recycling, trying to be creative, look at, you know, treasure hunts, finding what might be valuable. And he just runs into this horrible, dangerous material and that's isn't, it. Isn't that so Twilight Zone-like? He searched his whole life to find the most <laughs> valuable thing and it turns out the most valuable thing he ever found killed him. Is the super dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it certainly escalates the story and, you know, it shifts the direction of the story. It, it, and that's when Bosch's theory comes into play. Yeah. And you're just like, you know, Bosch knows more than any, even us watching. He knows what he Bosch yeah, knows yeah. everything. So it, it's, a, it's a very sad but, but pivotal moment in the story and, and shifts gears. Yeah, it was just really... That really sucks. So I thought we should mention him. That's nice of you. That's mm-hmm. nice of you. I'm going with Heather because she's crazy. <laughs> she really, she has me worried. She just she is the ultimate she, wild card in this show right. this season so far. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I have to. She because she's yeah. yeah. I can't trust her. Who knows what she's about to do next? I don't even think she knows what she's about to do next. She is making That's, you nervous. The yeah, scariest like part it. is that Jay that she doesn't know what she's going to do next. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Very good. All right. Those are definitely some interesting people for sure. So that brings us to our evidence locker. Now it's not necessarily going to be an exhaustive list of everything we have now, but we did get some new information. I mean, we know where the cesium is now. Right. We don't know why it was there or how it got there, but that's definitely some important new information. I mean, they're following Heather. They're, you're getting intel on where she's going right what else did we find out oh we found out that stan was using uh was hiring a private investigator yep. so that raises some more questions we found out charlie dax is a illegal low-key arms dealer yeah arms <laughs> dealer plus he's no he's well he just became one because he's right, legal right. illegal yeah, he's, legal oh, so he's breaking into the business yeah. All right, he's breaking into the business i mean we found out that winston is hoven ci that yeah surprising yeah that's that's gonna that's a whole mess in itself uh-huh. so yeah there, there, there may be more i mean just the stuff he found out from mama rue you know they're digging deeper on that end so yeah i mean we we found out new information but all the information seems to raise more questions than than solutions to yeah. what's happened yeah. here so uh but definitely a lot of information all right we did get some feedback on the tip line Let's all check right out finally what people. we've got here <laughs> the tip line dun, right. dun, dun. we heard from dan on twitter dan is a super fan and that rhymes dan the man that rhymes also <laughs> that also rhymes but uh, he always he always is good um he likes engaging in conversation about the show so let's see what he had to say okay this episode, written by the always reliably excellent Chaz Bennett, who writes the best Mads dad scenes, three of them this episode. The second one at 6.30 a.m., which began with Coltrane sleeping on the couch at Harry's feet, was particularly good. Having woken and exhausted Harry from deep sleep, after a few minutes, Mad says, Dad, and in that single word, Harry gets it as time to do what he promised. 
tell Mads what is going on. That's when he really gives her the scoop. Um, speaking of 6.30 a.m., a typical time for a lawyer to head to the office. Dan is a retired attorney, so he would have good experience with this. Trust me on this, Mads is already on that treadmill, or as Harry says, is already a grinder. Jumping back an episode, but still relevant to this one, what Mads did in figuring out the plea bargain, taking apart differing documents to put together a whole story, is what lawyers do a lot, and detectives too. She already has a skill she will need if she becomes a lawyer or a detective. Speaking of Coltrane, I am a bit disappointed in his minimal role so far this season. Like to see him helping Harry out some. Finally, speaking of Shaz Bennett, she recently confirmed to me on Twitter that the delightful Shaz, the bartender, was named after her. And apparently L. Johnson has done that in a couple of other series. Keep boshing and help me try to convince Michael Conley and or Amazon to offer a t-shirt with My Lane Has No Lines. Love that. That's the Need slogan. It. That's a great one. Need it. So that's from Dan. Thank you, Dan. Great feedback. We appreciate that. That's some good stuff. So I, I think I pretty much agree with yeah. what Dan had to share. Yeah. Good solid points. 100%. I, I agree with the Coltrane part. Well, yeah, that's definitely, definitely that part. So we did hear from another fan, Joe, who passed along some trivia questions. So before we get into trivia with Officer Pete, I am going to share one or two of these uh, trivia questions with you guys on behalf of Joe. Now, he one of them was the phone number of the Angel City Landscape. So we've already been through that. But got me, Joe. Yeah, he, he would have gotten me, right. though. Dang he would have gotten me. I didn't know that. All right, I'm going to give one to Pete and one to Jay. So, I got you, Pete. I'll I don't like you the psychology stuff that she's doing. I'm the trivia right. guy, all right? Right. This is from Joe, not me. Okay. That's all right, Joe. Your question, what's your name? Jay. Jay, Joe. <laughs> 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 My name's Pete. Nice to meet you, Tracy. Wow. You've only been doing this for wow. 75,000 right. years. Right. Oh, the names, the Ugh. names. Okay. Jay, the logo on Harry's T-shirt. What's uh, the logo? Oh, uh, uh, Santa Barbara Surf Shop. Nice. I think it's, it says I think it's called Water, water or something. Y-A-T-E-R. Like. Maybe yeah. it's Water, Gator. He says Gator. Maybe it's supposed it's, to be Water. It's weird cursive, and I just assumed oh, okay. it was Water because it was a surf shop. But Gator I'm could impressed. be too. Yeah. I'm impressed. Well, I'm going to give you credit for that one. While you watch his shirts. Um, because I want to be sexy like Titus Willover, so I got to see what he's wearing. Man. No, you Come want on. to answer that trivia question when Officer Pete exit in about eight minutes. All right. And the other one, Pete, um, special just for you. What was the phone number of Langworthy, the private investigator? Uh, pass. Next question. Oh, uh, 818-137-99034. Nine, so close. Dang it. Nine, nine, zero, three, six. Oh, he oh, gets credit he gets credit dang it <laughs> i i'm i'm just not with the trivia of this i did a little okay last week but i would never have these from memory did you have that from memory okay or is it in your yeah. notes yeah no you know but listen this is the only reason why i had a pretty good idea what it was because i i definitely knew the landscaping one and the uh -huh. landscaping the first six are the same as langworthy's first six oh. and i had noticed that watching it so okay. i and i remembered it was 90 something but i couldn't remember the rest all sure. right well thank you joe for those contributions to our trivia now officer pete hit us up with what you have for trivia all right so i came out with some pretty difficult ones last week and I figured you guys would be scamming, scanning the episodes and trying to freeze and look for numbers and percentages. So I did something similar, but I kind of, um, I kind of have two trivia questions. That's kind of, you can answer it in plain sight if you were paying attention to the episode in general. Okay. But if you look at specifically, you probably wouldn't know this answer. So I'm going to ask the first question, which is what I think is the harder one of the two. On the scene, when, um, when they're investigating by, by where Casey's is, and and yeah. there's a sign there that says Hookah Lounge, yeah, blank Beauty Salon Casey's. What is after Hookah Lounge on the second line of that of that <sighs> big sign billboard thing? Oh my God! You know what? I knew Beauty Salon and Casey's, but I don't remember there being something underneath. I remember it. Hookah Lounge, but the the name they were all in dark bold, and then the name that the blank name that's the trivia question was like faded out. So I had a pause, and I was like, if I have to pause mm. and like squint. They're not going to see it. Boom. Oh, go for it. I have no mm. idea, dude. I have no idea. Because I did see that sign, and it must not have. You also have to know I can't I can't see. I'm well, gonna... there was the Garcia Pain Clinic last year. So I'm going to say that Garcia also has a hookah lounge. Hookah lounge, Garcia's. No, not even close. Not um, even close. I have so no idea. 
It's hookah lounge and then Shingar. S H I N G A A R. Wow. Okay. And then it's beauty salon and Casey's. Huh. Okay. okay. All right. So you got me there. Yeah. You got me there. Now the second question can easily yeah. be guessed. So you guys can't. One of you's got to get this right. All right. All right. I'm voting right. on Tracy. I'm voting on Tracy. So when they were at. When they were at the Hollywood recycling business, right? Mm-hmm. What are the hours? Oh shit! <laughs> it's <laughs> hours or days and hours, just hours. No, just hours, because they had the same hours for pretty much every day, from what I saw on that scene. Nine to seven. Nope, Jay. Uh, seven to five. Nope, close. You get half credit. It's eight to five. Eight to five. I didn't get either. The most simplest right. thing that you would be like, that's too simple. Pete's not gonna do that. They say it seven times in a row. <laughs> Maybe we should start calling this Pete's psychology instead of Pete's trivia. You're trying well, to. I started off doing the trivia, and then you guys started nailing me like five episodes in a row last season because you knew <laughs> on to me. So I got to mix it up. No, those were good. Those were good. I should have caught the hours. Yeah, that, yeah, it was an easy that's one. Good. Plain sight, like I said, I hid them in plain sight. All right. Good stuff. Was there anything else we want to talk about before we queue up the Titus Wellover interview? I mean, I don't think there's much we can say to compare with Titus. Thanks, everyone. See ya. Bye. Later. Thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. I got to know, uh, will will you <laughs> or I guess Bosch, will Bosch have a role in uh, Coltrane's new spinoff? And uh, if so, you think he'll ever let you take the lead on a case? I, I think I think Bosch's role will be minimal, and, and uh, <laughs> I think you'll see you'll see even less dialogue from from Harry than before. He's a very daddy dog. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's a sweet boy. He's such a sweet dog. Oh, awesome. Does Harry have a pretty specific line in the sand as far as how much disrespect he will tolerate on the job or does it just depend on the situation? Well, I think he has a, I I think he has a very, um, you know, he's a character who, unlike most people, he, you know, he doesn't necessarily subscribe to the societal norms of um, mm-hmm. politeness or, and, and, and it's not to say that he's rude. It's not, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a gregarious quality about him, but I, I think he is not a guy who comes into a room and tries to win people over. I think he's a very kind of straightforward, really direct, person with not a lot of filter which i think gets him sometimes Mm -hmm. in into trouble because he's not you know because typically in so many of those scenarios he's well when you see him certainly when he's dealing with any kind of bureaucratic uh or administrative people he's got Mm -hmm. a very very short fuse whereas when you see him dealing with you know victims of crime he's a completely different person there's a kind you know he he exudes a kind of empathy it's not artificial. It never feels forced with him. There's a genuine empathy, and and uh, th- those scenes are are interesting to play just because they are very kind of counter to what we see. I think he sort of Harry reserves uh, that part of himself certainly for for Maddie mm-hmm. um, and and for the victims of crime. Although you see him in the way that he he interacts with Crate and Barrel and his colleagues. You know, he, he's and and with Mank and Jay Edgar, he's not a guy without a sense of humor. Um, right. <laughs> but I but I think he has a very you know, he's got a very low threshold for bullshit. I mean, he just uh-huh. he, yeah. he can't navigate that, and which is why I think he's not good at the navigating of, you know, stuff that that he feels smacks of some sort of political agenda. Hence, okay. I think, you know, his relationship with Irving, where there is a mutual respect there, Irving would love for Harry to be, uh, you know, just a little bit more uh, open. And yet Harry doesn't. Harry admires um, Irving for, for the cop that he has been. But yeah. I think he views him now as more of a purely political animal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where where they kind of, but yeah, I think he, I guess the the long-winded answer is that He's got a pretty low, low tolerance for okay. for dis, disrespect. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. Makes sense to me. Now, speaking of Maddie, you, you mentioned her. Maddie and Harry's relationship, you know, it's ever evolving as she grows and things change. How would you describe where they've landed in season six? Well, you know, it's interesting because I think initially that the um, introduction of that character was integral to kind of pull Harry and in, in, uh, to ha help him to kind of emerge and evolve to a certain degree in story and character. And it's now become a very deeply centralized part of of the show is Harry and Maddie's relationship. And Connolly's spoken about that. And I think it's, mm -hmm. it's in, in, in season six, it, it's very much there. She's working for, for Chandler. She's working for um, Money Chandler now mm -hmm. and, and clerk, clerking for her. And uh, despite the fact that, that there's been an established kind of mea culpa between Chandler and Bosch and a kind of interesting mutual arrival of, of respect um, right. as we sort of, as we ended the previous season, there's, there's a part of Harry that's still kind of saying to Maddie, don't be, you know, and Maddie admires Chandler for her skills at, and for her strength as a woman. She's, she's um, not necessarily a role model, but she's a strong woman. And, mm -hmm. and so Maddie admires her. And, and there's a, it's sort of a, a cautionary note or tone often in with Harry when he's talking to Maddie and, and just kind of saying, hey, you know, observe, but you know, don't get too close. Right. Okay. I like it. All right, we're going to leave the show a little bit and talk about you just for a quick second. You know, every every actor kind of leaves their mark on the world one way or another. And you've been a part of a lot of great things, and I'm sure probably a lot more great things to come. But my question for you is, will you be okay if from here on out, from now to eternity, you know, someone sees you on the street, they see your picture on the sign, that you will always be bosh to people? How do you feel about that? Oh, I, I'm I'm fine with that. I think that you know when you when you have the been given the gift of a character that that is so rich, and not just from the standpoint of the, the richness and and the the rewards, uh, for lack of a better term, of of getting to play right. a character like Harry Bosch. I'm very very proud of my association with this show, and certainly with that character, and also you know the brand and, and sort of the enormity of what Michael created that I had the you know I've been given the privilege to to you know participate in. I yeah. I um I don't have a I don't have a problem with that at all. I mean I think that there there have been a lot of uh, you know I think look as an actor when you do something and people really like it and you you have to really absorb that you know and there's also you know you look at a guy like I mean Ed O'Neill is sort of a perfect example you know the the Al Bundy mm -hmm. character mm -hmm. was 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 one thing and you know and then when Ed and I met we did a TV series together called Big Apple which was serious dramatic acting for for Ed it could not have been it was the polar opposite of Married with Children and that Ed was it was not that he was trying to flee from Al Bundy because there was a, a tremendous gratitude for having that character which he he loved to play and really embodied that but then it was sort of came back around and then doing modern family he's yet again created another character and i think as an actor right. you want to do that you go okay well whatever shelf life this character has I'll, I'll do it to the best of my ability i mean you know in all honesty i'll i'll really miss playing harry you know i mean that's sort of the the bittersweet part of the whole thing is the joy of playing harry for for all these seasons and getting close to that character and certainly close to the cast and to the crew and to the to everyone involved with the creation of the show to to have to you know inevitably step away from that will will be really the hardest part of that but i'll it will it will never irritate me in any way for someone to, to shout out hey bosh that's what i was hoping you'd say <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So this year, normally end our podcast interviews with a couple of silly questions, whatever to lighten the mood. This year, we've decided to make it competitive between all the different cast and creatives. So we have three questions we're having everyone answer to see who the winner is at the end of uh, all these interviews. So three questions. Don't worry. You don't have to overthink them, whatever. Just come whatever comes first to mind. Tracy, you want to throw the first one out there? Sure. So we want you to guess how many times in season six someone, a character, references J. Edgar's clothes. In season six? Yes. Mm -hmm. I'll say four times. Okay. Four times. I like it. 
Now, Irving is uh, notorious for either being exasperated or muttering bosh. Yeah. How many times? <laughs> how many times will uh, will you make him say that like that in this season? I think he'll say. I'll, I'll average it out to <laughs> ten times. It seems like wow. each episode, at some in every episode, at some point, he has to go bosh. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. That was really good. Impressions. Yeah, that was perfect. All right, so one more, and you might have a little bit of an advantage here on this one. How many times will we see Coltrane in a scene in season six? Coltrane, I think he has about <laughs> five scenes. Okay. He's not heavily. He's not heavily featured. You know, I think that was the that was the thing that while while um you know I had to, to kick and scream, um yeah. <laughs> initially to get them to agree to to have the Coltrane character ultimate, and then obviously it um once everybody kind of went oh yeah yeah I get it and it really really worked. But then it uh-huh. became the thing of how often are we gonna are we gonna see the dog and how much of a and it, and it, and these it's interesting because Harry's kind of he's kind of on call twenty four seven because of this mm-hmm. whole major major case with the the murder and the theft of the cesium, which presents this you know rather than typically what happens in is that Harry's working a murder case, this is an overreaching thing where you know the entire city of l a is you know runs the risk of being in peril i mean not sure. a not a it's not a thermonuclear device, but it's more of a dirty bomb that could render, um, you know, yeah, it's like 300 years or something for, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a, a nuclear, yeah. a nuclear thing to yeah. to be able to. So if they poisoned, you know, the water or something like that with thing made from the cesium, but, uh, but he's, but he's in there. He's definitely in there. And it's sweet too, because uh, Maddie is back and, I mean, she's living at home, and so there there are times where she has to. And Harry's very kind of funny. Um, there are some funny exchanges about <laughs> Harry kind of giving directions to Maddie about what the dog likes and what the dog <laughs> doesn't like. And and so it's a, and she's sort of you know it's it, it, there, there's some good stuff there. I mean, he's not there for comic relief, but he's definitely a presence. So I want to say, yeah, I think he's probably in, in about five scenes you may see him more he doesn't have a lot of dialogue (laughs) awesome awesome very cool well thank you so much for taking the time with us we really do appreciate it my pleasure thank you guys for doing so much great work for the show i really appreciate it and i know everyone else does and and i'm glad that uh you know that you guys have this forum that's able to to reach so many people and to and it's it's really helpful to the show and i know that the that the fans of the show really appreciate it because it's, it's you know, it gives them an opportunity to, to, to yak about the show and stuff like yeah. that. So I really appreciate what you guys do. I really do. Oh, thank you. We all want to celebrate. Oh, thank you. That's right. Well, all right. I think you guys will really enjoy the season. It's a, it's, it's a good season. It's very, very oh. different from, from other seasons, but it's, it's very, it's, it's real, it's strong stuff. So enjoy, enjoy all the forward to hearing what you think after. Awesome. Will do. Thank you very much. You guys be well. Be safe. safe. Bye. Thank you. Take care.